0: Oh, the struggle bus. Babe, I'm driving the struggle. Strug- I can't even say it. Struggle bus. I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you
1: are listening to
0: Snacks with Stein. Let's do it.
1: And welcome to Snacks with Stein episode. You're not going to believe it. Five zero. We are 50 years old. I don't know what that means. Like you should buy me a present of like when you get married, you're like your 50th anniversary and you're supposed to get stuff. I don't know what that is, but that's what we're celebrating. So are you suggesting you us- that
0: I, I should have like bought you something, Danielle? <laughs>
1: yeah. Because mm-hmm. right now... <laughs> I'm not gonna
0: lie. I just you,
1: I brushed my teeth you want a today. Divorce.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm well, real proud a, of myself. A
1: good, that's a good thing. Well, anyhow, this is snacks with Stein. This is show number fifty. Unbelievably, it is number five zero. And if you have listened to all fifty episodes, we love you so much. And if you only listen to one out of fifty, we love you anyway. So whatever, if this is your first episode, welcome. If this is your 50th, thank you for sticking with us as we drive this struggle bus along. <laughs> but Great. we're back. It's so 50. It's a Goosebumps episode that has taken way too long. So that's on me, and I apologize. Um, but before we get into our book for really, the We actually have like a few little roundup of topics that are relevant to our interests here, which is rare, but all these things have happened at once. So quickly, this is like a quick fire round. So this week we found out that there is rumblings, that there is possibly going to be a return of Fair Street to Netflix, probably in the form of other movies, I would imagine. That's all kind of news we got was that, Stein said something to somebody and Netflix is like, yeah, we're looking into it. So there's possibly Goosebumps coming to Netflix, possibly more Fear Street coming to Netflix. So that's a stay tuned. But I think everybody was pretty much a fan of the movies. So and I think I asked in the Facebook group if there were people had thoughts of what books they might cover or should cover and I forgot what you said what did you say Christy you had a good one I said silent night
0: I feel like they are uh missing out on a mini series opportunity uh where they could Mm -hmm. pick all of the holiday themed fear streets so Um, like they, they could easily do that like they could easily curate like three or four or even five uh to release kind of episodically um, thank mm-hmm. you Sissy just brought me ice cream so yes so they could very easily they could do that um, and then again like there's there's a lot of other holidays for them to latch on as well you know there's definitely there's Halloween centered ones like the, the Halloween party there's the New Year's party ones there's different mm-hmm. ones that like feature that um, so I think if not that you need a gimmick to do a Fear Street series you could just do what people enjoy, like, the very, like kind of what we already had. But with actually having a Goosebump, like, series, um, I feel like then they would have to do something to, like, set it apart. Yeah. To have, like, kind of an episodic thing. Because I, I, you're not going to get much done in one movie. Like, I think they no, proved I think that it was, yeah. there were three movies. Like, they, they crammed as much as they could into those three movies. Yeah. So if, if we're going to do movies again, like we gotta have some kind of a theme or I don't know yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see let's watch this space as Rachel Maddow likes to say um, <laughs> it'll come we'll find out if it comes back I'd, I'd be down I'm down for it I know some yeah. people were like don't bring it back and I'm like whatever shut the fuck up like they were fun and stupid yeah and we
0: enjoyed whatever. them
1: we did. We, mean, did. Were we were perfect? excited no. to
0: watch them. Like it gave us a good feeling when we were watching them. Like ah. it felt like a good, like scary summertime, like movie vibe. Yeah, which is what we we were really into. We enjoyed
1: them, right? Yes, totally. And I think most people who are into the genre, like uh, who like the books and stuff, enjoyed them. It's always just those dumb people who are like, they weren't scary enough. They weren't this, enough. and I'm like, please go home. Like just go home, you know?
0: I think some people truly <laughs> feel like if they're not being critical they're not yeah. adding to the conversation.
1: Right. hmm Agreed.
0: Or that, Agreed. like, um, they appear more intelligent by pointing out things they don't enjoy, which I don't understand, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the whole point, I- like, we're all here because we like it. Like, if you don't yep. like it, you should maybe go do something else, but... Right. And we, we can, can get do. critical yeah. of things, we can make fun of things, and po- yeah. you know, but, like, at the end of the day, we, we have no problem being like, I
1: was entertained. Like, that was like, this is off topic, and I'll keep it really short, but that was like the best thing about being at Star Wars Celebration is because nobody there was like, this fucking sucks. Everything is crap. Blah, blah, blah. You were just there with everybody who genuinely loves something as much as you love something, and even though they are not perfect, they have issues, etc. everyone is still reveling in the moment of how much they love what they love about this universe and that was so nice and positive because that fandom is so toxic and horrible and the horror community is also very toxic at times and it's kind of so that environment, yeah and in star wars is number one the worst but i mean just being there it was a, it was a nice refresher because when we got home we we're like wow you know you forget how much you really do love this thing because you see all the toxic negativity all the time whether you want to or not and it's like it was so nice being in that bubble of like everyone's just happy and everyone's like Ewoks are great and no one's like you're an idiot because you like ewoks. You know, it was nice, but yeah, off topic. But essentially that's what I that's what I think happens in a lot of these little pockets, is like we just want to be critical for being a critic for being a critic's sake. Like I just want to be a negative, you know? And it's like, no, yeah. you don't need to be. But anyway, I hope it comes back. I enjoyed them. It'll be fun. I think so. Fingers crossed for that. That's a watch that's space. like I said. The next thing is there is a new adult R.L. Stein comic coming out. I believe it is coming out in September 22. It's the first of four books, and it will have Tim Jacobus cover art, which is pretty Isn't awesome. Isn't it like adult, it,
0: like XXX? Like, Sorry, it's not okay. porn. <laughs> okay, four I was adults. like
1: – that's different. It is, it is not porn. It is just simply for adults and not for children. So this is his first like this is his first like adult thing. Like this is, you know, this is his first foray into don't let your children or teens consume this media, you know, because it's gory and etc. So it's a comic series. I think it's I think it's a four part arc. It's called Stuff of Nightmares. Tim Jacobus is doing the cover art which is pretty sweet and it is supposed to come out in September of 22 so if you have a comic book store where you live I don't anymore which sucks but if you do go get it and support it and that would be pretty awesome so yeah that's coming out in September Um, what else do we have
0: real quick did you you ever read his um, adult novels Mm -mm. I think there's a few of them there are a few standalone novels that were supposed to be written for adults, and I don't remember that if they were particularly well received. But I've never, um, i sought never, them never—I didn't even know
1: they existed.
0: Yeah, there's, there's like, I feel like there's one or two. Because
1: the way think, it was like, this is the first time he's done like adult stuff.
0: Or maybe it wasn't meant. Like maybe they were just standalones. I don't know. I thought mm. he had some standalone adult. Novels. So I was wondering, like, in that space, like, if he's, if that is something that he excels at. Because we, I mean, we talk a great deal about how he's so good at understanding that mind of a child. And that thinking of a child and that thought process of, like, what's important. So, and I, he's an accomplished writer, so I'm sure he can do, you know, different
1: and this is a comic so we're not going into full on novel you know it's a comic so you're still writing less you know um but yeah
0: related but unrelated like we're getting Sandman in August you know you can do a lot with a comic
1: oh I know <laughs> but that's also Neil Gaiman who is a god among men so <laughs> it's true <laughs> Neil Gaiman sits you
0: know at high high bar yeah
1: yeah at man. he true. can like write the phone book and he would it would do a good job um but yeah, so we'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I have it pre-ordered, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna get it just to support it. And even if it sucks, mm-hmm. I know I'll like the artwork <laughs> anyway, you know, so right. yeah, it's only, only four parts. So it's not a big commitment, which is cool. So yeah, it's called Stuff of Nightmares, September 22nd, the first one drops. I don't have the release dates for the others. I don't know if they've published those yet, but I know number one is coming out in, 20, in a couple months. Yay. Excellent. Next thing on the same R.L. Stein tangent, I posted in the in the Facebook group today that one of my favorite podcasts, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, who I love and adore, had R.L. Stein on the podcast, which I had no idea, and it was like so fun, and it was a great interview. And he talks about they have a great conversation about how he names all the kids in the books. You eventually like, how do you think of all these names over all of these many, many novels? Like you're like, I need more kid names, you know. So that was pretty funny, and Dax is really funny, and they have a really good rapport on the episode, so I would check that out. It's like an hour and a half. It's good for a drive. Um, he was on there. He talks about 30th anniversary. He talks about stuff of Nightmare. He talks about the show. Beer Street a little bit. kind of goes into everything and just sort of the little mini renaissance that Goosebumps and his brand is having. So if you're a fan, check it out. I want to say the podcast is only on Spotify, which is a bummer. Or that episode might be because it said Spotify exclusive, but most people have Spotify. So check it out if you do have Spotify. It's a fun hour and a half. And then the other thing is that we're now on Amazon, right, ma'am? Yeah. We're on Amazon now. We
0: are. Um, I, you know, I know Mm -hmm. that you guys think we just forget about you for months at a time. It's not true. (laughs) Uh, I got an email from them. And it was like, hey, we found your podcast. Which by the way, I get many, many emails about of this nature, like, I'm a professional podcast promoter, blah, 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 blah. No, go <laughs> away. Please fuck off. No. Um, but this was legitimately from Amazon. Like I checked the title, <laughs> like it didn't have any weird characters, it wasn't spelled funky. <laughs> um, like it was definitely from Amazon. It was like, Hey, uh, is this your podcast? Ken, <laughs> you know, would you like to be on Amazon Music Podcast? And I was like, yeah. so I clicked it and it was verified in like five minutes and we were up. And I was like, no shit, because I have Amazon Music. So I, I I took up my phone and searched it. And I was like, there we are. Alexa <laughs> will play Snacks with Stein Podcast if you ask her. And that's kind of weird. I love it. <laughs>
1: So that's cool. Yay for our Amazon music friends. If you're, or if you want to talk to Alexa, if you have no friends, want to talk to Alexa, Alexa will find us for you. So that's, there you go. Um, and we'll be your and friends. That was, and we'll be your friends. Yeah, we'll be your internet friends. Um, and that was really it as far as relevant topics. The other thing I had is that the Halloween Kills trailer came out that's relevant to us. We talk about horror stuff. It's out, it's not great but it's out. Mm-mm. So we're finally going to end the Laurie Strode, Michael Myers universe. And you I- know, i sure. <laughs> okay. We're ending at least the Laurie Strode part of the Michael Myers story. She is done.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I've heard this before. It's That's the last that- one. I don't think it's going the last one for Michael, but I'm pretty sure, I am about 95% sure it is the last one for our beloved Jamie Lee. And I'm fine with that because ma'am, you are like, however you're always supposed to be in these movies, you cannot fight Michael Myers. So it is time. <laughs>
0: it's time. I mean, but if anybody could, it's going to be Jamie Lee Curtis. She's in fantastic shape. Yeah. She's been in fantastic <laughs> shape. Did you see true lies? Holy crap. That woman, like, she's going to be one of those people that, like, kicks ass until, like, the very last day of her life. She's going to run two miles and be like, I'm tired now. And she's done. <laughs>
1: So if anybody can kick Michael Myers'
0: ass from, like, the nursing home, it's going to be Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: Okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's going to come back. But it's supposed to be, and I'm sorry, I had the wrong title. It's Halloween Ends. It's not Halloween Kills. That was number two. Halloween Ends. So Halloween Ends. It is, it is, whether Laurie Strode comes back or not, these three are ending this, this is the bookend, right? We had the new Halloween in 2018. We had Halloween kills in the middle, which was garbage, and then we have this new one. So this is the trilogy with these folks. These folks are done after this. We I assume that Michael is not done, but I would like to see him go a new direction and not be with Gloria. As but as I love Jamie Lee, nothing against her. I think it's just time. For that she's too. acting like it's she's
0: done I follow her and on Facebook, Facebook and she's yeah, posting a lot of things that are yeah. like very mm-hmm. like
1: closure she's not leaving I,
0: anything and, open so yeah. and I think
1: that's been the intention with getting her back into the universe is that we're going to close your chapter we're going to let you close it the way you want to close it and I think that's smart because she is the ultimate final girl and she has survived all this okay. time and she's never lost her luster and I wouldn't want her to now so I think it's gonna be good. But yeah, if you have thoughts on the Halloween ends trailer, post them in the Facebook group. I know it's not Goosebumps, but it's horror stuff, and it's fun, and it we gets We horror into- stuff sometimes. Gets us into spooky season, which is fast approaching. So <laughs> it really
0: is. I'm gonna get do one more horror aside, uh, real quick, and then I'll and then I'll do what I always do, and I'm like, hey, if you want to just get to the episode, it's at 20 minutes in. <laughs> How do we feel about American Horror Stories? I had the new trailer come across my reels the other day and I'm like, y'all,
1: I feel like this was over a while ago. What are we doing now? I started season one, I watched half of them, and I lost interest and gave up. Will I watch this new one? Yes, because I'm a glutton for punishment and I want to see where it's going to go. The late, the lately efforts of the AHS universe, whether it's stories or the actual season, has been very disappointing. So I'm hoping that it's a return to form. I mean, the promos are always great, the trailers are great, the promos are great, and then they shit the bed, you know, and that's yeah, and that's what seems to be what's. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We I, f- I feel like
0: I'm due for a revisit. Like, I, I was someone who was very late to the party mm-hmm. um, for American Horror Story. In fact, I think I um, avoided it on purpose for a long time. Because it's something that I can't really watch around my kids. Even though they're a little bit older now, it's still probably too intense it's for them. Still, yeah! And, you know, unless it's, like, something I can throw on while I'm working in the studio at home by myself. But then I have to, like, not sit and watch it. Like, it has right. to be... A certain kind of thing where I cannot pay attention to it and that's something that I actually have to sit and watch. My husband doesn't enjoy horror so this is something I would have to watch my own. So I think that when I it was like three or four years ago when I was making the kids birthday cakes I needed something to put on for like hours and I and I started season one and I adored it. I loved season one. Season two I only made it about halfway through before I, I just ran out of time to watch it. And I'm so far removed from it now that when these new trailers come across, I'm like, "What am I looking at? I don't understand what's happening." Right? Yeah. Now.
1: I think so. I may have to
0: revisit it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the. I mean, no matter where you are in the AHS journey, if you've never watched it, or if you're like you, or you popped in and out, I think the initial four seasons are amazing some people disagree with me and they're like this one was trash i don't care i think the first four are absolutely solid there is something for everybody in those seasons like you have your haunted house season you have this scary asylum mm-hmm. you have the witches. Oh, I love season one the witch yeah. then is probably my favorite which was coven and then i also loved hotel people hated hotel i loved it but again i'm a lady gaga stan so put her in anything and i'm gonna watch it i'm probably gonna like it Um, But I like the subject matter of that one. I like vampires. I like, you know, those kind of things. So they have something for everybody. And the stories were still unique. Whereas I think now we're kind of running into this, like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I will say I enjoyed 1984. I did enjoy that one. That was two seasons ago now. I did enjoy that one. Was it great? No. It ended stupid, as they often do. But, um... It was it's a summer camp, you know, slasher thing. So that's fun. You know, Which was no on matter. brand. Right. Which was on brand. And that's always fun for me. I enjoy that. And there's some new actors that they brought to the universe that are doing a really good job carrying it. So yeah, I mean it's hard, but I think those initial four or five beginner seasons, they're solid. And are the endings perfect in all of them? No. Murder House is probably the most perfect of all seasons. Some would say Asylum is the most perfect of all the seasons. I would say Asylum is the most gruesome and like gross and that kind of shit. If you're into that, that you're going to get something out of that. You know, there's something for everybody within the universe at the beginning. And I think like all things, you start running out of creative juice. You just do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to know when to stop. And and I think right now he's just in this we're gonna milk it, you know, place and
0: right, yeah. Well, I mean, you can't play like everybody has to make a living. I get that you've got something mm-hmm. that people, you know, are obviously still asking for, and it's and again we we do this thing where we go off on tangents, but the horror universe is kind of important to us, um, and that's something that came across as like I'm gonna ask Danielle about this because I, I don't know if it's just that I don't understand because I haven't been keeping up. This looks like that era of horror that we entered in the early 90s and the very late 80s where it's campy and stupid and we love those movies and then, but also there are some that are just real bad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it started today, so I'll probably watch it when we're done recording and I can let you know, but um, okay. I said, I'm the glutton for punishment. I will watch it because there are actors I enjoy in the universe and I'm like, I wanna see them, you know, so I watch it and then I get disappointed, you know? <laughs> so and yeah. the stories content kind weird. It's a weird concept to me. But like so I got through I think there was ten and I got through five in the initial first Yeah. Season. But anyway, These are all good things because I always say our defense of talking about horror stuff is that any of these people could potentially direct a Goosebumps or Fear Street property at some point. That's my defense of covering these things because we never know. Everybody's
0: gateway into horror (laughs) Mm -hmm. was Goosebumps and Fear Street. Like there, there was no other horror for us. Right. Right. Like if if you if you started on the spooky path and stayed mm-hmm. there and read all the books like the people who I'm sure listened to us did or why are you here like <laughs> if it was important to you if it was a part of your life then you probably then dipped your toe in some other horror like
1: yep mm. so that was just our new topic drug. of the day and it was gateway drugs yes. speaking of drugs speaking of drugs are you having any snacks <laughs> Are you oh happy? i'm not
0: having any drugs uh, um thank you very much it is colorado but we don't partake because college is over so it's very hot here um i'm sure it's very hot where you are it's very uh, the whole world is melting um i am fortunate enough to live on the top of a mountain like the grinch so it's like 30 <laughs> degrees cooler up here so like hot for us is you know upper 90s and uh we're there the um the quest for weight loss continues. Just always, just to always assume I'm on a diet um, that I'm sometimes following. <laughs> hey, whatever. It works. It takes a year, but I'll, I'll lose 30 pounds. When when you're in that, like, trying to be healthy thing, like, if you drink, like, alcohol is so many points, and it's, like, so many calories and all the things. Well, of course, there's, like, there's White Claw, right? There's all the seltzers. But, like, White Claw and Truly give me a headache, yeah, if I drink more than like one or two, I don't know if it's like the sweeteners or the aspartame. I've heard so a lot of people my ask husband. Sweetener thing. Yeah, I do. Like, I can't have more than one hardly, um, and it's so nice to have like a fizzy cold drink, you know. And I'm not a big mm-hmm. beer drinker; it's just not something I ever got into. So my husband went to the liquor store and was like, "Listen, my wife wants a seltzer, but like, not truly, not White Claw. We get a headache." So he was like, I've got you. And he walked him over. to. Have you had Quirk? No, I haven't heard of that. Okay. It's Q-U-I-R-K, Quirk. It's I a hard seltzer. Down. Q-U-I-R-K, Quirk. It's made by Boulevard. Um, it's a hard seltzer. One can is 90 calories. And it's just, it's a 12 ounce can. It's just like a, the size of like a can of pop. There's no sugar. There's no artificial sweeteners. Oh, it's perfect. all, like, natural, like, flavoring. I love it. And it has a lot of flavor. Because we, we compared this to the, um, the, the Gordon Ramsay, the Hell's Seltzer that he yes. made out of Hell's Kitchen. He has a seltzer. Um, and it's all, like, super froofy, different names. Like, there's, like, a key lime pie one. They taste like water. Like they don't, t- <laughs> they don't taste like anything, like all the different flavors, they don't taste at all. But this is actually really good. This one I'm going to drink is called the uh, Raspberry Rocket Pop.
1: Ew. And
0: it's delicious. I love it. I could have two or even three of these and not get a headache. So Quirk is the hard seltzer that I'm drinking right now. ASMR people.
1: <laughs> What's that? Please sponsor us. You don't give us headaches. Oh, please, Quirk. I will, I will be your biggest seller.
0: Promise. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to enjoy this beverage um, and try and cool down. Well, yeah, and Sissy brought me some ice cream. So it's kind of productive, <laughs> I guess, Got my diet, alcohol, and a bowl of ice cream. But she's trying to help, so you can't say no. It's not my fault. Those calories don't count cuz they they come with good karma.
1: They do. It's like Disney calories, they don't count.
0: Oh no, fuck that. I don't diet. Like I'm going to live my life. Like during the regular times where I'm at home and nothing's going on, I will try to make good choices. But if yeah, I'm out with my friends difficult. or on vacation, like I am going to enjoy myself.
1: We are yep. going to need Dun-dun-dun-dun. Where to go? <laughs> We're going to read cuckoo clock. <laughs> We're going to read Cuck- cuckoo clock of doom. Dun dun dun.
0: Bum bum
1: bum. Because I am so late and I am so terrible. This was the request from our Twitter contest winner. So I, if you still listen to us, I am so sorry that this has taken five thousand years to come out. Um, but thank you for playing in our game and winning our contest and requesting this book. And I hope that you enjoy the episode. The cover of this one is this like really ugly, bright ass blue and yellow. It's kind of weird. Um, and there's a menacing looking bird coming out of a cuckoo clock, which are having a moment right now. Thank you, Stranger Things. Cuckoo clocks are big, are big, are actual well, clocks, you know. That was a grandfather clock. But clocks in general are having a moment in pop culture at this time.
0: I don't enjoy clocks that chime big at the hour because it feels like a nag. Like I have enough people like asking me for shit all day. I don't need like a machine (laughs) that will like tell me as time passes. Like I don't want to know.
1: I don't want to know. I just don't like the sound of a ticking clock. It's like one of those things that just bothers my ears. I just don't like it. yeah so yeah and then I bought this book used off Amazon and it really looks like someone like just chewed the bottom of it which is really funny to me (laughs) it just looks like someone (sighs) ate it so that's pretty fun um this was put out in 1995 it is book number 28 and it was three dollars and 50 cents not for what I bought it for but in the original times in 1995 it was three dollars And 50 cents. And the tagline was, Keep your eye on the birdie. Okay. That's a a
0: camera, but we'll let it slide.
1: (laughs) That's what it says. (laughs) It also, well, see, Goosebumps is weird because they have two taglines. There's your front one, which is, Keep your eye on the birdie. And then there's the back one, which says, Don't beat the clock. So we got two. To choose from. I always go with the front because I feel like the front is the one, but there is two. So Michael and Tara Webster are siblings who can't stand each other. Michael affectionately refers to his little sister as Tara the Terror. Because she gets away with everything, while poor Michael has to take the fall. He wishes he could remember the first five Tara-free years of his life because they were probably really nice and peaceful. They're sitting outside, and Tara had tricked Michael into stepping into some gum on the ground, and while he was trying to scrape it off before coming inside, their doorbell rings. Their dad yelled that he was going to get it and instructed the delivery guys to bring whatever it was into their den. He told him very careful. It was very old and very fragile. And whatever it was, was about as tall as Michael. Tara asked what it was, but her dad didn't answer right away. And their cat Bubba was rubbing against dad's leg as the gray blanket that was draped over the mystery object fell away to reveal a very fancy old clock. It was mostly black, but painted with silver, gold, and blue designs and decorated with scrolls, carvings, knobs, and buttons. The clock itself had a white face with gold hands and gold Roman numerals. Michael noticed little secret doors and a big door in the middle. Dad was over the moon and went like, it's so great, isn't it great? It's an antique cuckoo clock. After a months long haggle with the owner of Anthony's Antiques and Stuff, he finally agreed to sell Mr. Webster the clock because there was a flaw he quizzed the kids and mrs webster if they noticed any flaws but none could be seen but apparently whatever it was made the shop owner try to convince mr webster not to buy the clock but he insisted and now they were the proud owners of it mrs webster was not a fan and suggested it go to the garage which dad was like hell no doesn't belong in the garage. It's going to stay right here in the day. It's a major award. It's a major award. Exactly. It's a, it, this isn't a major award moment. So Michael noticed there was a dial on the side of the clock that resembled a mini version of the large clock with tiny gold numbers that went from 1800 to 2000. The thin gold hand was pointing to 1995 and there was a button set into the wood underneath. And dad had warned Michael not to touch that button And it's set to the current year. Their mom thought that was kind of silly because, like, who forgets what year it is? And why did it only go to 2000? Did they think the world was going to end or something? Well, we did. So maybe they did, too. Yeah, accurate. (laughs) Y2K. (laughs) Mr. Webster told everyone not to touch the clock. It's very old and very, very delicate. It's a major award. Okay, just don't touch it. Mrs. Webster pointed out it was almost time for dinner and she was interrupted by a loud gong and a bird with the meanest looking face flew out from the little door, nearly hitting Michael in the head. The cuckoo bird flapped its yellow feathers and its blue beady eyes were staring daggers into Michael. Dad and Tara were laughing at him because he screamed and they're like, was he really afraid of a cuckoo clock?" But dad was fully enamored with it and told them that it's from the Black Forest of Germany and it's rumored to be enchanted. And supposedly, if you learn the secret of the clock, you can use it to go back in time. Mom was not amused and didn't like him filling the kids' heads with nonsense. And stories like this are why Michael fibs all the time. He tries to defend himself, but it's no use because Tara had an expression of victory on her face And he wished he could just wipe it off. They go upstairs to get ready for dinner. It smelled good, but it was something meatless and low fat, which was mom's latest obsession. Dad tells everyone to stay out of the den. But Michael needs to go and use the encyclopedia, which is too heavy to bring to his room. (laughs) This killed me. Only one? Only one. Apparently he could not bring them up. I, mean, I think he needed more than one, but it just killed me because this whole it reminded me of like how we had to like go and look at the encyclopedia. <laughs>
0: like, I freaking loved the encyclopedia. It always had big color pictures oh, and like they were. Awesome. I just like pick pick a letter. And right. like, go check it out. Right. Like, I'm that kind of a nerd. No, they were. I enjoyed like, the encyclopedia. Your first
1: encyclopedia. Like a nice set. It was like a big deal. I was like, oh my gosh, I have the whole. Year. They were expensive. They were we set. never had one of our own. My grandma got us one. Like, got me and my cousin each a set, and it was like a big ass deal. Like, grandma spent yeah. bucks on this, <laughs> and it was like a big deal. <laughs> I loved my encyclopedia. I kept it for the longest time. Yep. I really did. because I was like, this is like an heirloom, you know, that my kids will never use.
0: Now you almost want to go back through and like find inaccuracies.
1: I know, right? If anyone has an encyclopedia out there, you have some treasure because they were fun. So anyway, Michael needs to go use the encyclopedia. It's too heavy to bring them to his room. So dad's like, fine, go do your homework. Don't touch the clock. Don't horse around but then Tara's like, I need to use it too. But Michael knows she's probably just wanting to hang out and bug him to death. So he takes all his stuff into the den and there was no sign of Tara. So he's going to get on his homework, but he gets distracted by the clock. It wasn't all that much to look at, but he did like the knobs and buttons. There was no harm in looking at the he was being careful not to touch anything and he kept checking his watch to make sure he wasn't going to get startled by the bird again. He knew it would come through the little door, but what was behind the big door? He felt it was safe to take a peek because nobody was coming. So he tugged a bit on the gold knob, but it was stuck and he pulled a little harder. Then the door flew open and an ugly green monster jumps out at him and knocks him to the floor. Michael screaming for help and waiting to be clawed to death by the green beast. But instead of scratching him, it starts to tickle him. Of course, it was Tara. And dad had heard the commotion and guess who got in trouble? Michael, not Tara. Tara manages to ruin everything. And this wasn't as an exaggeration. Just three days ago was Michael's 12th birthday and what was supposed to be a great day Turned into a nightmare. It started with his birthday gift. Mom and dad were so excited about it. And had been keeping Michael out of the garage. With all sorts of made up blocks. But the morning had finally arrived. And waiting for him. Was a new 21 speed bike. That he had been asking for. 21? I know. I'm like how many speeds the bike need? 21 speeds. <laughs> He's going to climb a mountain. He's going to. So many mountains. He says thanks. Then Tara suddenly wants the same bike for her birthday, and she's climbing on top of his new bike. Michael yelled her to get off, but she didn't listen, and she was too short to reach the pedals, and the bike falls over. His brand new bike had a huge white scratch in the black paint. It was ruined. But somehow, this was also his fault for not feeling sorry that his poor little sister had fallen Dad scolded him and said he should be, he should take some lessons on how to be a good brother. This is such bullshit. Like, I am flattering on siblings. I, like, I hate you. I am never speaking to you ever again. (laughs) Such bullshit.
0: Yeah, parents get mad when you say stuff like that. My mom used to have a pretty big rule about, like, not telling your siblings that you hated them. So we just waited until she left the room. I
1: was like, "Um, pass each other notes. I hate you.
0: Like, it's over. I'm never speaking to you again. <laughs> two hours later. Do you
1: want to play Monopoly? Because I'm able to <laughs> So that happens. And he's like, all right, let's shake this off. His friends are coming over soon. So he shifted his focus to that. Because that's going to make him feel better. He had invited five guys and three girls. But only one of the girls he actually liked. And this was Mona. But she had to bring her two friends along. Tara was hanging around and for some reason his friends, including Mona, were fine with this. They thought she was so cute, but they don't know the truth. As if on cue, Tara tells Mona that Michael really likes her and everything got awkward from there. Michael wanted to sink through the floor and die. He grabbed her and dragged her to the kitchen and of course, mom was immediately defending Tara. Wasn't this supposed to be Michael's day? His friends asked to see the bike, so they went to the den and left Tara behind. Of course, his friends asked about the scratch. They come back upstairs and find Tara sitting in the middle of a pile of torn and crumpled paper because she opened his damn presents. She was on the last one. What? hmm <laughs> She opened all his presents. How old is she? I forgot what they said. So he just turned 12. One moment please. I think they're five years apart. Uh, not in my house. You get draft, busted for that. She's seven years old. So he's 12 and she's old enough to know better. Oh, totally.
0: Yeah. Nope. We have a parental yeah. fail happening right alive. now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, my God. I would flip my shit yeah. if one of my kids touched the other kid's birthday present. And
1: even before this, like, this chapter was long. Even before this, like, they talk about the dad setting up the party, the house, and, like, hanging streamers and stuff. And she was going around and, like, pulling down the streamers as he's hanging them up. And he's not noticing and, she, and she's, like, just being a shit. Like, basically, she's just a shit. It's like, that's, that's Tara. So. Yeah, this is a parental fail. Yeah. Nope. So they come back, and she's on the last present, which was from Mona. And Michael had guessed earlier that it was a CD, which she was right about. She looks up and smiles and is like, there's probably a lot of love songs on it. And everyone laughs because they all thought she was a riot. It was time for cake. Michael was leading the way with it and his mom was behind with the napkins, plates, and silverware. He was balancing the cake as he stepped through the kitchen door, the dining room, and didn't see Tara's bratty little foot. He trips and lands face first in his cake. Some of his friends laughed, others gasped, but Mona, for some reason, was violently laughing. And mom was incensed. Why didn't he look where he was going? His cake was ruined. He was covered in frosting. They didn't have any candles to make a wish, but he wished one anyway. That he could start this birthday all over again. Nobody would believe the worst thing. So this had happened the week before Michael's birthday. So Mona and her two friends I mentioned before were Cece and Rosie. And they were all coming over they all had parts in the school play and they were going to rehearse at michael's house this play was a new version of the frog prince mona was playing the princess and cece and rosie were her sisters michael chose to play the frog because he was going to get a kiss not the prince right the girls were coming over any minute and tara was on the rug in the den Bothering their cat, Bubba, who hated Tara as much as Michael did. She was lifting him by the hind legs, trying to make him do a handstand. And he was yelling and squirming and finally got away. She's just awful. So she, now she's torturing their pet. It's horrible. She goes on and on. I would say, so like, fuck this dog. kid. Like, do
0: we get to feed her
1: to a monster yet? Right, no. I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm ready right, right now. <laughs> now. And the parents should go, too, because Dan, Right. So, again, in this instance, she's torturing the damn cat, and the mom comes in, right? with kind of ending, and it's like, why are you being mean to the cat, Michael? And it's like, it's this fucking sister. Like, it's insane.
0: Is the sister possessed? Maybe. Is that where we're going? Like, she's she's, <laughs> she's truly possessed. evil.
1: Okay. So, the, they're coming over. Their mom goes to take a nap because she has a headache because she's dri- they're driving her insane. So, the kids are coming over. The mom is asleep. He wanted to go to the door and surprise them in his frog costume, but he wasn't ready, so he told Tara to answer the door and tell them to wait for them in the den, and he'll be right back. She said, okay, and he goes upstairs to change to his costume, and then he's putting the clo- taking the costume out of the closet. He takes off his pants and shirt, because it's like a big, like, frog costume. He puts the frog suit, yeah. tries to get the zipper open, but it's stuck, so he was standing there in his underwear. And then the bedroom door clicks open. Here he is, Tara says. And of course, this poor child is just in his underwear in front of his crush. And yeah, and they're just all standing there and laughing. And Tara's laughing like a little hyena. Tara but, gonna die. Right, but two days before the underwear disaster, he was in the gym after school playing basketball with his two friends, Josh and Henry, and another guy named Kevin. Kevin's a really good basketball player. He's, he's probably their best player at school, and they were shooting baskets, and Tara was hanging around the sidelines where their back, their jackets and backpacks were against the wall, and he was getting a bad feeling, because he always does when Tara's around. And then he thought, she's just trying to distract me, but don't let her just think about the game. And he was feeling good about it. He sank a few baskets and his side won because he had Kevin on their team. They went to the wall to get their backpacks and Tara was gone. And then Kevin screams out, nobody move. And everybody freezes. Where's my hat? My blue devil's hat is missing. And he's like, I don't know where your hat is, man. And he's like, somebody took it. Nobody leaves until we find it. So he grabs how, Henry's backpack. How very kindergarten right? of you, Kevin. <laughs> Something
0: is missing. It has been stolen. <laughs> it is.
1: I think it was that guy He looks twitchy. Hook up the lie detector. <laughs> so he grabs Henry's backpack and starts going through it. But then Josh points at Michael. Hey, what's hanging out of Webster's bag? And he's like, what? And there was a patch of blue sticking out of the zippered pocket. And his stomach turns. Kevin walks over and rips the cap out of his backpack. I have no idea how it got there, Kevin. And Kevin didn't wait to hear his excuses. Basically, he beats Michael to a bloody pulp. He was in the bathroom cleaning himself up. And he caught a glimpse of Tara in the mirror with that bratty grin on her face. And he's like, you, you put Kevin's cap in my backpack. And Tara just grinned. He demanded to know why. And she shrugged and tried to look innocent. Was that Kevin's? I thought it was yours. Is this like, um... Like, a good
0: son scenario? (laughs) Because, like, we've we've now, we've crossed a line. Because, like, okay, first, (laughs) ha, 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 that kid's a shit. Like, that kid's a brat. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the parent's fault. No one has told her no ever in her life. No consequences for her. That's unfortunate. Happens all the time. Not a big deal. Now we have, like, physical bodily harm. Like, extreme. Like, so much so that, like... You know, he's cleaning himself up and she's, like, excited that he's just gotten his ass kicked for no reason. So, like, at at any time, I expect this girl's head to turn, like, all the way around. So, yeah, I feel like that we might be dealing with some actual evil. Yeah, I think so. Or (laughs) at least, like, alien something. (laughs) I don't know. Like,
1: no little bratty sister is this evil. So now we understand what he's living with. And now we know why he did the terrible thing that he did. Because anyone in his place would have done the same. He was in his room all night that night, just plotting a way to get Tara in trouble, but nothing came to him. Then the clock arrived. A few days later, Tara did something that gave Michael an idea. She couldn't stay away from the cuckoo clock. One afternoon, dad caught Tara playing with the clock hands She didn't get into any real trouble. Not sweet little Tara. But Dad did say, I've got my eye on you. No more playing with the clock. And that's when it came to him. Dad realizes that Tara is not a perfect angel. And he's found a way to get her into trouble. If something went wrong with the clock, he knew Tara would get blamed for it. So Michael decided to make sure something did go wrong because she deserved to get in trouble for the hundreds of terrible things she did. Run. Agree, get her. Karma's a bitch, go when get everybody her. everybody was asleep, he went downstairs to the dead. It was almost midnight. the clock and waited one minute to go 30 seconds 10 5 4 and then the gong sounded the yellow bird pops out he grabbed it it made short strangling noises he twisted its head around so it faced backwards and then he fished out when he finished out its 12 cuckoos facing the wrong way and he laughed dad saw it he's gonna go ballistic the cuckoo went back into his little window, still facing backwards. It's going to drive Dad insane, and he'll be furious at Tara. He may explode like a volcano. And he fell asleep that night a happy guy, because there's nothing like revenge. He slept late the next morning, and he couldn't wait to see Dad blow up at Tara. He just hoped he hadn't missed it. He hurried downstairs and checked the den. The door was open, no one was there, no sign of trouble. Good, he hadn't missed it. He went to the kitchen, starving. Mom, Dad, and Tara were all on the table with empty breakfast dishes. And as soon as they saw me, their faces lit up. Happy birthday! Ha ha, you're so funny. Is there any more cereal? Cereal? Don't you want pancakes at your birthday? He's getting confused now and he's like, all right, pancakes sound good. This is all a little bit strange. Usually when he wakes up late, mom was like, make your own breakfast. And why would I want something special anyway? It's not my birthday. But mom made a fresh batch of pancake batter and was like, don't go in the garage, Michael. Whatever you do, don't go in there. She hopped up and down all excited like it was my birthday again, weird. There's a huge amount of trash in there. It smells terrible. Don't go in, you're gonna get sick. Why were they being so weird? What the hell was going on? He tried to eat his breakfast in peace, but was still kind of confused. But after breakfast, he passed through the dining room and somebody had decorated with crepe paper with one strand torn down. And he's like, Dad, why are you covering the walls with like paper, like, it's not my birthday. And he's like, because it's your birthday. Every party needs paper. They go and take Michael to the garage and Tara follows. They were acting as if they were really going to give him a present. He opened the garage door and there it was the bike, but it was perfectly shiny and new. No scratches anywhere. This must be the surprise. They figured out a way to get rid of the scratch or they got me a new bike. Do you like it? And he's like, it's awesome. And then Tara said, cool bike. I want one of these for my birthday. Then she got on the seat. The bike fell over and it had a big scratch. And he's like, what the fuck? It was happening over again. What is going on? I want to go back in time and do my birthday over again. And somehow my wish came true. He thought it was kind of cool. But then he's like, wait a second. Do I have to live that horrible party again? Yep. Yep. Yes. Michael had to live through the whole horrible nightmare again. His mom came in carrying a tray of soda and he grabs her. Take Tara away. Shut her in her room. Do something. And his mom's like, why? Your sister wants to have fun too. Stop being, you know, exclusionary. Let her hang out. And she's like, you're just being silly. Be nice. She's not going to bother you. She's just a little kid. They go through the whole thing again. They go through the bike and the friends, they see the CD, and then it was finally time for cake. And here it is, he thought. He'll carry the cake, but this time he knows not to trip. He knew she was standing just beyond the dining room door, wanting to stick her foot out and trip me, but not this time. He picks up the cake in both hands, and he starts for the dining room door. Mom followed as before. He's watching closely, stepped through the door. One step, so far so good. Another step, and he's inside the dining room. He made it. All he had to do was get to the table about five steps away. Another step forward, another. Then there was a tug on his foot. Tara reached out from under the table. So that's where she was hiding, and it was too late. Everything moved in slow motion like a dream. There was an evil giggle and she grabbed his foot (laughs) and it happened. He lost his balance. He turned his head and glanced back and Tara was under the table smirking at him. He wanted to kill her. Same. No, this is, this is a good idea.
0: idea. Um, (laughs) If we kill her in the morning, like right after breakfast. Yep. And then hide
1: her body. We're safe. Then none of this shit happens. When he went to bed that night, he thought, at least it's over. And it's over. I'll go back to sleep. Everything is back to normal in the morning. All night long in his dreams, he kept seeing scenes from the horrible party. And the nightmare party became a real nightmare. He dragged himself out of the nightmare world and sat up in bed in a cold sweat. The room was dark. It was three o'clock in the morning. He can't sleep, and he has to calm down. He wants to tell his mom and dad what happened. Maybe they can help. Maybe they can make him feel better. He got out of bed and hurried down the hall of their room, and he pushed it open to see if they were awake. They weren't, but he bugged them anyway and was like, she grabbed up. Mom woke up first and was like, it's three o'clock in the morning. And he said, you have to listen to me. Something creepy happened today. Didn't you notice it? And they're like, Michael, dude, like, go to bed. Outside from the kid that just came into my room and woke me
0: up at the witching hour? No, no creepy shit happened today, weirdo. That's a good way to get
1: punched. Go to bed. So he explains about his birthday that she ruined the whole thing. He wished she could do it over again, blah, blah, blah. And he's like... And and his dad still wasn't fully awake and registering that this was his son talking to him. And it's like, is that you, Michael? And the mom's like, just go back to sleep. You had a bad dream. And he's like, no, it wasn't a dream. My birth happened twice. You were there. Don't you understand? Freaking help me. And the mom's like, now impatient. I know you're excited about your birthday, but it's two days away. Only two days to go. Then it will be your birthday. Go back to sleep and go to bed. He's racking his brain and then he thinks what dawns on him, the clock. He twisted the cuckoo's head backwards, went to bed, and when he woke up, time had gone backwards. Could that be it? Did I do that? Is the clock really magic? Maybe he shouldn't have turned that stupid bird head backwards. And he's like, it figures. I try to get Terra in trouble and end up getting myself into a mess. Well, if that's the case, it's easy enough to fix, right? Turn, go downstairs, turn the head forward. So he leaves his room, goes down the stairs. They probably hadn't fallen back to sleep, but he didn't want to take any chances. So he's being extra quiet. He didn't want his dad to catch him fooling around with the precious clock. He hits the cold floor of the foyer and goes into the den, turns on the light. The clock is gone. Do you know why the clock is
0: gone? Oh, because it's two days before. The major award hasn't shown up
1: yet. The clock has not
0: arrived. Mm. I don't know. I mean, this... This hellscape future of you, like, just moving backwards in time is probably better than your current (laughs) life, bro. Like... You get to get younger.
1: That's nice. I mean, at least you know what's coming. Yeah, like... Had the clock been stolen? Without the clock, how could he fix everything? How could the bird's head around and make life go forward again? He raced upstairs. He didn't care who he woke up now. Mom, Dad, he burst into their room... And shakes them awake. And she is furious. It is the middle of the goddamn night. We're trying to go to sleep. And he's like, I don't care if you're angry. This is way more important. The cuckoo clock, it is gone. And his mom's like, dude, you've had another nightmare. It is not a nightmare. Go downstairs, see for yourself. There is no clock in the den. We don't own a cuckoo clock, Michael. We never did. It is a dream. And he's like, but dad bought it. And he's like, he got it. The light bulb clicks on. It was five days before dad bought the cuckoo clock. We are traveling back in time. Dad hadn't bought the clock yet. And Michael is.
0: Did, I, did I ever tell you about that time that Natalie woke up and was very upset and was like, mom, are they all in? What? And I was like, "Yes, Natalie, they're all in." And she went, oh, "Okay, good." <laughs> and
1: she went back to sleep. That's amazing. <laughs> Did you ever know what was all in? No, I have no idea. Like,
0: and it, she never. And it's not her. My husband talks to sleep all the time. Natalie, not so much. Like, but that one time she was, like, very concerned about whatever was, like, needed to be in. But that was, was like, a very, like, it wasn't like a, it was, like, wide awake, asked the question, got the answer, and I'm dead again. Like, that was it. Also, if you turn the bird's head sideways, do we get
1: to go to another dimension? Good idea. I hope so. And, of course, the dad is still, like, fucking out of it. Like, he's asleep. And he's just like, what? Who's sick? Who had he's a, a dad. He's he's not required to handle anything. And yeah, I love no. it because the dad's name is Herman.
0: <laughs> uh, that's a name that I don't know is ever going to come back. <laughs>
1: do you know any children named Herman? Nope. <laughs> I do not. I know an old man named Herman. So... <laughs> When he got downstairs in the kitchen the next morning, mom, dad, and Tara had already eaten their breakfast. She's like, dad's like, hurry up. You're going to be late. And he's like, being late for school doesn't seem to matter much right now. (laughs) And he's trying to get his dad to sit down and be like, listen to me for a minute. It's really important. And he's like, mom, are you listening to me? And she's like, fine. What's up? What's going on? And then he tries to tell them that time is going backwards. Every day he wakes up and it's an earlier day than the day before. And his dad is like, you have a great imagination, but I'm really late for work and we'll talk about this when we get home. Or you know what? Write it down. Make a science fiction story. And the mom's like, like, bro, time is going backwards. We can have another tardy. It's okay. And then all his mom says is, did somebody feed Bubba? And then Tara's like, I did it. Even though it's supposed to be Michael's job. So, even in this horrible hellscape, she's still an asshole.
0: <laughs> because he didn't go I sideways. Know. We're not in a different dimension, we're just in a different time. Although, the more I think about it, the more I think we should be on board with time going backwards. I, I mean, pretty soon he's going to get to do kindergarten know, right? again. Right. He's going to be like, oh,
1: do I know my colors? Just and sit back, and lady. Find out. Because this is what happens next. Like, he's in class, right? And he's like, I know exactly what is going to happen. He's done all of the work. He's did the lessons. He's eaten the shitty lunch he had to eat. And when he's in math class, he knew second by second what was going to happen down, like, down to the minute, right? He knew when the teacher going to turn around. He knew he was going to yell at Kevin. He knew Kevin was going to go to the principal's office. He knew all of those things just like he remembered it. And it was just so Boring because he's like, I know it's going to happen every day. And then he's like, holy shitballs. This is the day of the underwear. And it was going to happen.
0: Oh, again. right.
1: It's a good day to right? run away from The zipper's going to get stuck. He's like, why am I doing this? Why can't I stop myself? Just don't go upstairs. Don't do it. Don't go to your room. And he has to, have, he has to find a way to control it and so he forces himself to turn around and walk back down the steps and he sat down on the third step. Tara answered the door and the girl stood before him in the foyer. He's like, I got this. I'm controlling it. Things are happening differently. And she, Ma- Mona asked him, where's your costume? I wanted to see what your costume looks like. And he's like, no, you don't. It's really ugly. I don't want to scare you. And then her stupid friends are like, don't be a jerk. Why would you be scared by a frog? And they're like, we want to rehearse with it. And Mona says, I don't want to see the costume for the first time on stage. I want to be prepared for it. I want to practice with the costume. And you should be in it. And then Tara, of course, is like, come on, put on a show. I want to see it. And he gave her a dirty look because he knew exactly what she had in mind. And he's like, nope, I can't do it. And they're just like, come on, why not? And they're like, I can't. And then, of course, Tara's like, he's just embarrassed. And then they're like, and Michael's trying to make an excuse. You know, it's hot. I don't want to. And then Mona leans close to him. I said no! (laughs) Mona leans close to him, and she smells like strawberries. And then she's like, come on, Michael. Do it for me. And then he says no. And she stomps her foot.
0: I won't rehearse (laughs) scene unless you put on that
1: costume. And he's like, I can't get out of this. So fuck it. She wouldn't leave me alone until I put on this costume. Fine. And then, of course, Tara's like, hooray. And he's like, okay, I may have to put on this costume, but that doesn't mean the girls have seen me in my underwear. I can keep that from happening. This time he locks the door. Now try it, Tara. Or put it on over your clothes, jackass. You can't outsmart Michael Webster. No way. The door was locked and he felt safe. took off his jeans and his shirt and took the costume out of the closet. And just as before, it was stuck. But it was okay. The door was locked. He had privacy. Then the door flies open. He screams, Tara, the door was locked. No, it wasn't. The lock's broken, remember? And then he's like, no, dad fixed it. He fixed it. And he tried to remember when dad fixed the lock on his bedroom door. Oh, right. It was after his birthday party, which has not yet happened. How was he supposed to keep all this straight? He's doomed. This was too frightening. Where would it end? He had no idea. It was getting scarier by the minute. He couldn't eat that night. He'd eaten whatever it was before and hadn't liked it the first time. Peas, carrots, and mushrooms over brown rice. Hey, guys. Doesn't this dinner seem a little bit familiar? And dad says, I'll say. It reminds oh me God. of lunch we ate at that vegetarian restaurant last month. Ugh. And mom glares at him. Michael, your parents aren't going to help you. Why? What are you Stop trying buying. to tell us, Michael? Are you tired of eating healthy food? <laughs> I can just like see this yes. mom being like, You don't want to eat my healthy food anymore, Michael? Then GTFO. <laughs> they weren't getting it. It's this whole day. Haven't you noticed? We're doing everything over. Time is going backwards. And Michael, shut up. Tara said. This is so boring. Talk about something else. And then finally, Mom scolds Tara for saying, shut up. (laughs) Finally. One time. That was it.
0: That was it. That was what drove Mom overboard. Not any of the, like, truly evil shit that's been going down.
1: Like this (laughs) Damien-level interference. And Mom and Dad exchange glances. They seem to be sharing a secret. Do they know something? They know something, but they're afraid to tell me. He g- she gazes at him very seriously. All right, we may as well tell you. We're all caught in a time warp, and there's nothing we can do about it. She pushes back her chair and walks backwards to the stove. And she starts putting rice from her plate into the pot on the stove. And then her and dad start speaking backwards in backward sentences. And Tara spits out rice on her fork and puts it back on her plate like she was eating backwards. They were all talking and moving backwards. They were in a time warp. Oh my God, it's true. But why wasn't I walking backwards and talking backwards? Then Tara broke it and cracked up first. Then dad, then mom. It was a joke he screams you're all horrible and that made them laugh even more
0: <laughs> oh my I god know. you don't need know he family, needs a new baby. family you can you can come and stay with me and i will be your mom and i won't make fun of you and i'll make sure the other kids are not <laughs> right assholes like so they I hate this kind. So of they shit. apologize
1: and are like, "I'm so sorry," you know. And, and, you know, his dad's like, "How has you heard a déjà vu? It's probably what you're experiencing." You know, it happens when when you have feeling you've been through this before, and everyone feels that way once in a while. We've reached right. our
0: breaking point now. Michael has not pushed too far. Michael, we're on your side. Burn that mother down.
1: So we went to school the next morning, and he wasn't sure what day it was because it was getting hard to keep track. Everything seemed familiar, but nothing unusual happened because it really could have been any day of the year. He had basketball for school that day, and then a funny feeling crept over me. He had played this game, and it didn't end well. Oh man! Nobody leaves. So we find that cap. He shuts his eyes and hands over his backpack. He knew it was coming. May as well get it over with. Getting pounded by Kevin Flowers hurt a lot. But at least the pain didn't last long. He woke up the next morning and the pain was all gone. The pain, the scabs, the bruises, everything. What day was it today? It must be a few days before Kevin beat him up. But he hoped he will have to live through that a third time. What will happen today? So he walked to school and searched for clues and tried to remember what happened the day or so before Kevin beat him up. Was it a math test? He hoped not, but at least it'd be easier this time around. He could even try to remember what the problems were and look up all the answers. He was a little late today. Did that mean something? Would he get into trouble? And he got to Mrs. Jacobson's class and the classroom was already full. Mrs. Jacobson didn't look up when he walked in, so he must not be that late. He turned to the back of the room where he usually sat and passed through rows and rows of desks. Who's that guy? Staring at a chubby blonde kid he'd never seen before. Then I noticed a pretty girl with cornrows and three earrings in one ear. She was new too. He didn't know any of these kids. Miss Jacobson finally turned around. Hey! What's a third grader doing in here? And everybody laughed, but he couldn't understand why. A third grader? He didn't see any third graders. You're in the wrong classroom. She opened the door and showed Michael the way out. Your room is downstairs on the second floor. I don't know what she's talking about, but decided to go along with her. She shut the door behind them, and the kids were laughing behind the classroom door. He hurried down the hall to the boys' bathroom, splashed water on his face. Maybe that would help. He turned on the cold water and glanced up in the mirror. And it seemed a little higher than usual. He washed his hands in the cold water and splashed them on his face. And the sink seemed higher, too. Am I even in the right school? He thought. He looked in the mirror again and got the shock of his life. He looked so young. Michael was a third grader again. He had his third grader hair, third grader clothes, third grader body but a 7th grade brain. He slipped back 4 years in one night. That's a problem. Things were speeding up. He lost a whole year in one night. How old will he be when he wakes up tomorrow? Time was going backward faster and faster and he hadn't found a way to stop it. He didn't know what to do and he couldn't think straight. He went to the third grade classroom, and there she was, Mrs. Harris, his old third grade teacher. And he knew, as soon as he saw her, that he really had gone back in time. Because Mrs. Harris shouldn't have been in school that day. She retired two years earlier, when Michael was in fifth grade. Mrs. Harris didn't bat an eye and told him to take a seat. She never mentioned the fact that he was late, because Mrs. Harris always liked him. These are the words for your test tomorrow. And she wrote the words on the board, even though we could read them right there in the spelling book. These words are tough, Henry whispered. Look how many letters there are in grandmother. I didn't know what to say. On my last spelling test, when I was still in the seventh grade, I had to spell psychology. Grandmother wasn't a challenge anymore. He'd always wish school were easier, but not this easy. It was babyish and boring. School day ended and he dragged his little third grade body home. When he opened the front door, he heard a horrible screech. Bubba, who was just a kitten, raced past him and out the door. Tara was toddling after him. Don't tease the cat. And Tara said, you're dumb. She was three. He tried to remember. Did he like her better when she was three? Give me a piggyback. Give me a piggyback. And she grabbed a chunk of his hair and yanked it. She was born a brat and she'd never grow out of it. She'd be fat for the rest of her damn life, driving him crazy even when they're old. If they ever get to be old, they'll never grow up at this rate. Michael was worried. He slipped back in time. He didn't want to be a baby again. And then what? Michael wakes up in a panic every morning. What day was it? What year was it? He had no idea. He climbed out of bed and it seemed farther away from the floor than it used to. He stared in the mirror. He looked younger than the day before, but he wasn't sure how much. Mom had left some clothes for the day on a chair in his room. He examined the jeans. They had a picture of a cowboy on the back pocket. He remembered these jeans. The cowboy jeans. Second grade. That means he's probably about seven years old now, and he can't believe he has to wear these stupid jeans again. His heart sank when he saw the shirt she picked out. It was a cowboy shirt with fringe and everything. This is so embarrassing. How could his mom ever do this to him? He knew that he used to like these clothes, and he probably picked them out for himself, but he couldn't stand to admit that he'd ever been so stupid. Tara was still in her pajamas watching cartoons, and she was two. She saw me pass through the living room and held out her arms to me. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. She wanted Michael to kiss her. That didn't seem like Tara. But maybe two-year-old Tara was so sweet and innocent. Maybe at two, Tara was actually likable. Give her a kiss. You're her big brother, Michael. She looks up to you. He leaned down to give Tara a kiss on the cheek. And with one index finger, she pokes him in the eye. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Oh, good. And like he thought, she was born bad. I'm going to find the clock. Because he couldn't wait anymore. He figured I'd turn the clock around. Time would go forward again. And he figured the dial that showed the year must going backwards, too. So all he had to do was reset the date on the clock to the right year, and he'd be 12. He missed being 12. Seven-year-olds don't get away with much, and someone is always watching you. He went down the block toward his house and he knew the crossing guard was watching him to make sure he got home safely. But at the second block, he dashed around the corner to the bus stop and hoped the crossing guard hadn't seen. He stayed behind a tree for a few minutes and waited for the bus to pull over. He stepped aboard. And the bus driver kind of looked at him strangely. Aren't you a little riding the bus by yourself? And he just said, mind your own business. I am meeting my dad at the office today. Mom said it was okay. (laughs) So he nods and shuts the door. He puts three quarters in the coin slot, but the driver stopped him after two. Whoa there, buddy. Fair is only 50 cents. Keep the quarter for a phone call. Oh, yeah. They raised the bus fare to 75 cents when he was 11. But now it was only seven. He remembers hearing dad say that Anthony's antiques and stuff was across the street from his office. So he got off the bus at dad's block and he hoped dad wouldn't see him because he knew he'd be in big trouble if he did. He wasn't allowed to ride the bus by himself when he was seven. He hurried past Dad's building and across the street. On the corner, there was a construction site, a pile of just b- a pile of bricks, really. And down the block, there was a black sign with Anthony's Antiques and Stuff painted on it in gold letters. He was almost there. He'll walk to the store, find the clock, turn the cuckoo c- c- around and fix it. He won't have to worry about waking up tomorrow morning as a three-year-old or something. His life will go back to normal. Life will seem so easy when time moves forward the way it's supposed to, even with terrible Tara around. He looked at the big plate glass window and there it stood right in front, the clock. He was so excited. He hurried to the shop door and turned the handle. It was locked. There was a sign. Closed for vacation. No. You're about to
0: disappear. It's you or this window. Make some choices. You are a little kid. You're not going to get in
1: trouble for much. Break the window. Break the window. No. And he starts to cry. Not after all this. The window stood between me, him, and that clock. He would never think of doing what he decided to do, but he was desperate. He strolled down the block to the construction site, looking casual. Do it! Trying to look at a kid who was planning to break into a shop window he stuffed his hands in the pockets of his cowboy jeans (laughs) in his cowboy outfit. In his cowboy outfit. (laughs) With fringe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just casual on the job site. Walking in the cowboy fringe. This is probably the best part of the book so far. Like, I feel like there's theme music. Like, (laughs) like he's like staring off into the distance. Like, what? (laughs) Just, uh. Seven-year-old cowboy out here on this construction site, being all natural like, <laughs> howdy, <Ma'am>. Howdy. <laughs> me
1: Who would suspect a seven-year-old in a cowboy suit trying to break into an antique shop? He kicked around and found a pile of bricks. The coast was clear. It wouldn't be easy for me, and my little second-grade body, to throw it that far. But he would have to throw it very far, just through the window. He carried it in both hands back to the store. He looks if it was perfectly normal for a boy to be carrying a brick down the street. A few adults passed by, but no one gave him a second (laughs) glance. He stood in front of the shiny plate glass window, weighing the brick in his hand. If a burglar alarm would go off when I broke the window, would he be arrested? Maybe it wouldn't matter. Maybe if I made time out of the present, I'd escape the police. Just go for it. He raised the brick over his head. And then someone grabbed him from behind. Help! It was his dad. What are you doing here? Are you by yourself? Brick fell to the sidewalk. I wanted to surprise you. He lied. I wanted to come busy after school. He stared at him as if he didn't quite understand. I missed you, daddy. And he smiled. You missed me. But how did you get here? On the bus? You're not allowed to ride the bus by yourself. But he didn't seem angry. He knew that line about missing him would soften him. Meanwhile, he still had the same major problem, getting his hands on the cuckoo clock. Ooh,
0: if we set the store <laughs> on fire, yeah, what happens, then the, the clock, clock doesn't, doesn't exist, exist all, on our timeline. You sh- everything should revert you back, so. right?
1: the next morning everything had changed the walls were baby blue the bedspread and curtains were matching and the material was bouncing kangaroos on one wall was a needle point of a cow he reached under the kangaroo covers and pulled out Harold his old teddy bear it dawned on him he was back in his old bedroom but how did he end up there It was Tara's room now. He jumped out of bed and he was wearing Smurf pajamas. He doesn't remember like he doesn't remember like Smurfs that much. He ran to the bathroom to look in the mirror. He couldn't tell how old he was. He had to stand on the toilet seat to see his face, which was a bad sign. He looked to be about five. He hopped off and hurried down.
0: This is great. Lean in. Lean in.
1: We've got Smurf
0: PJs and, like, I bet Mr. Rogers is on. There's a
1: bologna sandwich in our future. Like, lean in, bro. This is the best day you've ever had. Hello, Mikey, Mom said and squeezed him and gave him a kiss. Hi, Mommy. He couldn't believe how babyish his voice sounded. He ran out of the kitchen onto his little five-year-old leg, living room, into the den, and back to the kitchen. Something was missing. No. Someone was missing. Tara. Sit still for a minute. Want some cereal? Where's Tara? He asked. Who? Tara. Mom and Dad just shrugging like, I don't know what the hell. He's like, my little sister. Oh, Tara. Mom said, understanding all of a sudden. Invisible friend. He has an invisible friend? Mom grounded him and gave, me a bulb, gave him a bowl of cereal. And he's like, what does your friend Tara look like? He didn't answer because he was too stunned to speak. <laughs> they don't know what I'm talking about. Tara doesn't exist. She hasn't been born. And for a brief moment, he felt a thrill. No, Tara. I'd go this whole day without ever seeing, yeah. hearing, or smelling Tara the Terrible. How awesome. But then the real meaning sank in. One Webster kid had disappeared and Michael was next.
0: <laughs> Who cares Michael? Go to preschool. It's an awesome place. You're going to sit in a circle and read stories.
1: They finished his cereal and they went and they went upstairs to get dressed and they were learning how to tie his shoes and and she helps him. Mom helps him a little bit. They're like, remember, the, the bunny hops around the tree and ducks under the bush. Remember? <laughs> and she sat back to watch me try to tie his shoes. And she could tell with the look on his her face that he didn't think she was going to get very far. So he bends over and easily ties the shoe. He didn't have tie to tie around with his crap. And his mom stared back in amazement. Let's get going. He tried to sit around that stupid kindergarten all morning, finger painting and singing the ABC song, but he knew he had to get back to that antique store and he has to get that cuckoo clock because who knows? Tomorrow, I might not know how to walk. But how could he get there? It had been hard enough to get downtown as a second grader. As a kindergartner, it would be nearly impossible. And besides, even if he could get on the bus, anybody asking questions, he didn't have any money. He was the teacher's purse. Maybe I could steal a couple of quarters from her. She'd probably never know. But if she caught me, I'd be in big trouble. He had to sneak on the bus somehow. He figured he could find a way. When the kindergarten torture was finally over, I raced raced out of the building to catch up with the bus, but bumped right into his mom. Hi, Mikey. Did you have a nice day? He forgot that she picked him up every day from kindergarten. There was no escape. He was still alive the next morning, but he was four. Time was running out. Mom came into his room singing, good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Ready for nursery school? Yuck, nursery school. Things were getting worse and worse. Mom cut me off at nursery school with a kiss and her usual, have a nice day, Mikey. He went to the nearest corner and sat. He refused to do anything. No singing, no painting, no sandbox, no games. What's the matter with you today? The teacher asked. Don't you feel well? I feel fine, he told her. Well, then why aren't you playing? I think you need to play. Without asking his permission or anything, she picked him up, carried him outside, and dumped him in the sandbox. Mona will play with you, she said. Mona was very cute when she was four. Why didn't Michael remember that? Mona didn't say anything to him. She concentrated on the sand igloo she was building. At least he thought it was supposed to be an igloo. It was round anyway. Why should I feel bashful around a four-year-old girl? But he reasoned, she hasn't seen me in my underwear yet. That won't happen for another eight years. He said, hi, Mona. And Mona turned her nose to him and said, Ew, a boy. I hate boys. Well... If that's the way you feel, forget I said anything. Mona stared at him now as if she didn't quite understand what he had said. You're stupid, she said. He began to draw swirls in the sand with his chubby little fingers, and Mona was digging a moat around her sandy glue. Don't let anybody smash my castle," she said. She returned a few minutes later with a bucket, and she poured the bucket of water into her little moat and dumped the rest of it On his head. Stupid boy. And then she ran away. What a bitch. He rolled, he tried to roll out of bed, but his body slammed into something. What was that? He was surrounded by bars. Was he in jail? He tried to sit up, but it wasn't as easy as usual. His muscles seemed to have grown weak. He wasn't in jail. He was in a crib. Crumpled up beside him was his old yellow blanket with the embroidered duck and a small pile of stuffed animals. And he was wearing a tiny white undershirt and, in his horror, diapers. How far back in time did he go? Mom came into his room and she looked so young. He didn't remember ever seeing her this way before. Yeah, before you sucked out her life force,
0: jerk. You
1: look great.
0: Yeah, because she's not had years of waking up in the middle of the night with you. She shoves
1: a bottle of juice in his mouth and he's like, yuck, a bottle. And he throws it down on the ground. Bad Mikey, drink your bottle. Come on. Drinking from a bottle wasn't that bad once you got used to it, and he was pretty thirsty. He had to know how old he was. He had to find out how much time he had left. He pulled himself out of, onto his feet, and he said, okay, I can stand. He took a step, but he couldn't control his leg muscles very well. He can walk, unsteadily, but he can walk. So he's thinking he must be about one years old. He fell and banged his head against the side of the crib and begins to wail. What's the matter, Mikey? What happened? He couldn't stop crying. It was really embarrassing. In one night, he went back in time three years. He's one now. He can't go back to sleep. He can't because he has to find a way to go forward or he'll be, he won't be he will be alive tomorrow. <laughs> and then she's like, want to go see daddy? Want to go see daddy and go shopping? And he's and he wanted to say, if you don't take me to the antique store, I'll throw myself out of the crib and crack my head open. <laughs> but he couldn't talk, which was very frustrating. Mom carried him out to the car and she strapped him into the baby seat and he would try, trying to say, no, not so tight. No, no, no. Don't give me a hard time, Mikey. I know you don't like your car seat, but it's the law. Then they drove into town. There is a chance. If we're going to meet dad, we'll be near the antique store. So maybe, just maybe. Mom parked the car outside and unstopped from his seat. He could move again, but not for long. Because the stroller out of the trunk unfolded it and put him in. Being a baby is like being a prisoner. As she wheeled him across the sidewalk, he never realized how awful it really is. It was lunchtime. There was a stream of workers out of the office building. Dad appeared and gave mom a kiss. So they go around go look for some around the stuff go to a coffee shop etc and they find what he's looking for which is the antique store dad stopped to the door and held it open for mom and they went inside and the shop was jammed with old furniture a chubby man in his 40s strolled through down the aisle behind him at the end of the aisle in a corner at the back of the shop there it was the clock A squeal of excitement came out of him, and he began to rock in his stroller. They were looking for a dining room table, and he was rocking harder. And he's like, get me out of this thing. And they don't know what he's saying, of course. It just sounds like llama or something. And he's rocking harder and screaming. And then his mom's like, he just hates the stroller. I'll hold him for a few minutes, then he'll be quiet. He waited until she got in her arms and he screamed again and wriggled as hard as he could. And they're like, What the hell is wrong with this kid? And he's yelling, Down, down. Fine, just stop screaming. As so we test his wobbly little chubby legs, they wouldn't get him very far, but they were all he had to work with. He got Cuckoo Clock at last. But the Cuckoo's window was too far above him, out of reach. The minute hand clicked again, and the gong sounded. The window slid open, the cuckoo popped out, it cuckooed once, it cuckooed twice. He stared up helpless, a 12-year-old boy trapped in a baby's body. Somehow he had to reach the clock, and somehow he had to turn it around. Three, four more times. Once it reached 12, he was doomed. The bird would disappear. He would disappear disappear forever. He looked for a ladder, a stool, but the closest thing was a chair. He pushed it towards the clock and it moved about an inch. He put all his weight into it. He figured he only weighed about 20 pounds, but it was enough. The chair began to slide across the floor. Five, six, and the chair up against the clock and it came up, the seat of his chair came up to his chin. He tried to pull himself up, but his arms were too weak. He put a baby sneaker against the chair leg and boosted himself up. He grabbed a spindle at the back of the chair and heaved onto the seat. He made it. Seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. He heard the shopkeeper shout, somebody grab that baby. They were running to get him. He strained to reach it, another inch, 11. Then mom grabbed him and lifted him up. The cuckoo flashed within my reach. He grabbed it and turned the head around. Twelve. The cuckoo slid back into the clock, facing the right way. He got out of Mom's arms, landing on the chair. Mikey, what is wrong with you? He saw the little dial that told the year and felt for the button that controlled it. He could just reach it on the chair. He slammed his hand on the button, carefully watching the year swizz by. The shopkeeper yelled, get that baby away from my clock. Mom grabbed him again, but he screamed. And so loudly, it startled her. Let go of that. He took his hand off the button and the dial showed the right year. The year Michael turned 12. They grabbed him again, but this time he let her pick him up. It doesn't matter what happens now. If the clock will work and he'll go back to being 12... Or it won't work and then he'll disappear vanished in time forever a bright white light flashed michael felt dizzy and stunned several seconds passed before he could see anything he felt cool damp air and smelled a musty odor it was the smell of a garage michael do you like it he blinked some more and his eyes adjusted he saw mom and dad looking older looking normal they were standing in the garage Dad was holding on a shiny new 21-speed bike. Michael, are you feeling okay? They were giving me the bike. It was my birthday. The clock worked. I brought myself back to the present. Well, almost. Up to t- my 12th birthday. He felt so happy, he thought he could explode. He threw himself at his mom and hugged her hard. Then he hugged his dad. I guess you really do like the bike. I love it. I love everything. I love the whole world. Mainly, I love being 12 again. I could walk. I could talk. I could ride the bus. But then he thought, it's my birthday. Oh, God. I love this again. He tensed his shoulders and steeled himself for the horrible day to come. It'll be worth it. It's worth it if it means time will go forward again the way it's supposed to. He knew too well what happened next. Tara. Tara. I'm ready. Just do your worst. But Tara didn't come. She didn't seem to be around at all. She wasn't in the garage. There was no sign of her. He didn't act as if anything was missing or anything was wrong. Where's Tara? He asked them. Who? Did you invite her to your party? I don't remember saying an invitation to a girl named Tara. Tara? Is this some girl you have some crush on, Michael? It was as if they'd never heard of Tara? Never heard of their own daughter. You better go upstairs and get ready for your party. The kids will be here soon. He called out for her, but there was silence. Was she hiding somewhere? He tripped through the house and checked her room. I expected to see a messy all-pink girls room. Instead, there were two twin beds, neatly made with plaid covers, a chair, an empty closet. No stuff. It was a guest room. No, Tara. Tara doesn't exist. How did that happen? She went to the den looking for the cuckoo clock, and it wasn't there. Who cares? Oh yeah, we don't have the clock yet. Not on my birthday. Dad bought a couple days later, but it still didn't understand what had happened to my little sister. Where was Tara? His friends arrived for the party. They played eight. They played eight tortilla chips. Played CDs. Cece pulled me into a corner and whispered that Mona had a crush on me. Tara wasn't there to embarrass me and made a big difference. His friends all brought presents. No Tara had opened them for him. He carried the cake dining room in the middle of the table. No problem. He didn't fall and make a fool of himself. It was the greatest birthday party he'd ever had. It was probably the greatest day he'd ever lived because Tara wasn't there to ruin it. Then a few days later, the food clock was delivered to our house. Isn't it great? Anthony sold me the clock for cheap. He discovered a tiny flaw in it. The flaw. Michael had almost forgotten about it, and we still didn't know what it was. But he couldn't help wondering if it had something to do with Tara's disappearance. He hardly dared to touch the clock. He didn't want to set off any more weird time trips. But he had to know what happened. He studied the face of the clock again, then appeared at the dial that showed the year. It was properly set to the current year. Without really thinking about it, he scanned 12 places down to find the dial to find the year he was born. There it was. Then I scanned his eyes back up the dial. 1984, 1985, 86, 87, 89. Wait a second. Didn't we just skip a year? He checked again. 1988 was missing. There was no 1988 on the dial, and 1988 was the year Tara was born. Dad, I found the flaw. There's a year missing. He patted him on the back. Good job. Isn't that funny? To him, it was a funny mistake. He had no idea that his daughter had never been born. I suppose there's some way to go back in time to get her. He guessed he probably ought to do that. And you will. really one these days maybe and that's the end that's cool we hated, we hated her she was evil it was a pretty it was a pretty grim ending like she's she's dead she never existed
0: yeah well <laughs> I don't know if
1: she's she's dead. She never. But existed. she's dead she to, to Michael. But to, but Michael knows who she is. Um. So he has to live with like.
0: Yeah, but. but she was evil. Like I feel like this is a triumphal story of good over evil. And yeah, the parents don't right. know. So there's not really
1: anybody no to miss her anyway. Hurt in this situation. Like, Parents aren't like, oh, and yeah. I failed to see. The I problem. still thought it was kind of a grim ending, though. Normally, it wraps up like, oh, and now they're friends and they came together, you know.
0: Yeah, I kept waiting for you to be like, oh, and then he does the party again, where right. he's like, here, uh-huh. why don't you have the first ride? And then she's happy, and like <laughs> where we cater to people who are being butts. Um. Oh. But no, that's cool. I like oh, well. it when we get vengeance the over ones, personal
1: growth. I think like you go all the way back. And- I enjoy that.
0: But in all truthness, You're like I am melting uh, oh. in this in this room. So I am going to oh, yeah. It was a long one. Uh, suggest we wrap it up and let our listeners kind of digest that one on their own because we normally chitty chat chat for a minute <laughs> but i'm not gonna lie y'all i might die so we love you and thank you for listening and danielle thank you for another goosebumps story next time it's gonna be me covering the final episode right? Uh, <laughs> just beyond i think the final yeah so i'll be covering the final just beyond episode um and then after okay. that i'll be doing a new fear street for you uh which is cool because we're going back into schoolish times Crazy. i think my kids start school in like three or four weeks <laughs> um so it's coming i have no <laughs> idea what happened in <laughs> the summer but it's gone uh congratulations yes so yeah so we need to just kind of start getting in the mood with like a fear street that is like sort of fall-esque so i'm gonna try to Try to select that one it. with care to get us in the, in the right mood. Bye!